This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put, oh, he's the worst up the right sideline. Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. And welcome back to the Republic of Football, our first Sunday recap edition of the 2022 college football season and from El Paso. My name is Mallory Harley. I'm the associate producer here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Dave Campbell's Texan Live on the call with me. It's our senior college football writer and insider, Mr. Mike Craven. Craven, thanks for recapping this long, crazy weekend with me. Just right across the hotel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. El Paso has been great. Uh, it's a great place to come visit. I'm glad it was a week zero game. We could kind of get out here and uh, kind of cover every, anything and everything that we came across throughout the last couple of days. Yeah, I think I said this to you last night. It feels like we have been doing a ton in just a small amount of time. Like we only came here, I guess we flew in Friday afternoon and it's only Sunday and it feels like we've been here for a full week just because we've been going nonstop, but it's all been great. This episode is going to be kind of short and sweet because we only have one college football game uh, to talk about the conclusion of week zero of the season. We also went to a high school game Friday night, so we'll give you a little bit of insight into that game. And of course, in the back half, we ate some really good food here in El Paso. We had a great time, had a great some experiences, so we'll give you a little bit of an insight to that. But since we are a college football podcast, let's go ahead and open up and uh, talk about the game that we saw last night at the Sun Bowl. The North Texas Mean Green showed that they mean business with a big win, 31 to 13 over the UTEP Miners. And this game really wasn't originally on the schedule, but with Old Dominion, Southern Miss, and Marshall scheduled to leave at the end of the academic 2022 season, um, they kind of had to scramble to put this game together. So really, there really wasn't going to be a week zero conference game for these two teams. Yeah, it was kind of one that got thrust upon them when they had to readjust the schedule. I do think it's something that Conference USA likes. From talking to Dana Dimmel, from talking to a couple of people at, at Conference USA, I believe this will, is something that they'll look into doing year in and year out, get a conference or get a Conference USA game in week zero. Uh, just because it brings some eyes. There's something about having a conference game that early. Uh, there's not, you know, a full slate of college games, so you can get some more attention than maybe you wouldn't in week one. Um, so I think overall good for the conference. They had a separate, you know, there was another conference game going on too um, yesterday. And so I think it's kind of a formula, you know, they accidentally stumbled upon and were like, hey, this could be good marketing for us. So it's something that will continue, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, let's go ahead and start off with the with North Texas. Essentially, this was a, a pretty, pretty big win for these guys, you know, morally and on the field, off the field. They were able to showcase a pretty, pretty balanced offensive attack with 136 total yards on the ground and Austin Audient quarterback throwing for 236 yards and three touchdowns. 
Yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty impressive. You know, like we talk about Ostadani a lot, kind of what he brings, what he doesn't bring uh, to the football field. He threw nine touchdowns, nine interceptions uh, last year total. But if he could play UTEP every single year or every single game, he'd be a conference USA first team, all, you know, all conference quarterback. In his career, he's played 26 games or 24 games, I'm sorry, and he's thrown 26 touchdowns. Nine of them have been against UTEP, you know? So he really likes UTEP. He's never thrown an interception in three games against UTEP. He's never been sacked in three games against UTEP. And so to me, walking out of that stadium last night, my biggest storyline was the North Texas offensive line. They averaged, you know, four yards a carry. Some of that got skewed late in the game as they were just kind of running and running and running to run out the clock. But they over they averaged over five yards a carry in the first half. Uh, they didn't allow a sack. Austinani could do whatever they want. He wanted. He had time. He had time to run around and buy time. And that Jake Rod- Roberts touchdown was a perfect illustration of that. Uh, they dominated UTEP's defensive line, a defensive line who we consider to be pretty good. Uh, so if you're UTEP, I don't think there, or if you're North Texas, there's not much bad to take from this game. You're able to run the ball and dominate the line of scrimmage on offense. You're able to do the same thing on defense as well. Uh, Phil Bennett's group didn't allow a point in the second half, stopped the big plays from UTEP. So just an overall absolutely great performance by North Texas, specifically in the second half where they outscored UTEP 17 to zero. And I think if you're a North Texas fan, you can be really excited by the offensive stat line, by how balanced that offensive attack was. Because if you remember last year, it took them till about half that season to kind of figure out that they're more of more of their identity in their running game, right? You know, they they tried to pass the ball a lot more with Austin Nani, um, big explosive plays with him, but that just doesn't work for this team. And so once they figured that out last year, we all know what happened. They pretty much went a one out in conference play uh, minus that last bowl game. Yeah, that that running game really helps Austin Nani, right? Like you yes. Yesterday. As that running game got going and they were just running up the gut, running up the gut, all of a sudden UTEP is putting seven, eight, nine men sometimes in the box. Mm-hmm. And that leaves just one-on-one opportunities for the wide receivers, for the tight ends. And then it's just up to Ani to, to make the throw. And yesterday he made the throws. And if he can do that, you know, this UTEP team is not only, you know, going to be bowl eligible and get to six games, six, six wins, you know, they could really start to surprise some people and, and be a real contender in Conference USA with plus quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Let's switch sides over to the defense. It really took until the second half for this defense to kind of kick things into high gear. And yeah, it showed not allowing a single point to be scored and just really an impressive stat line throughout the whole game for this defensive unit. Yeah, I mean, UTEP's a boomer bust offense. They want to push the ball downfield. And and in the first half, they were able to do that. North Texas was challenging to do that. UTEP made some plays. And you can tell Phil Bennett just made the decision to play some high safeties take away the big plays and make UTEP earn their yards going down the field. And, and UTEP consistently couldn't do it. They were able to move the football. You know, they had 400 yards of, of offense for UTEP, you know, one yard more than North Texas did. But once they got into that, you know, 20, 30, you know, kind of the gold zone there, uh, they couldn't they couldn't get any further, right? Once the, once the yardage shrunk up, uh, their offense struggled. North Texas had that big fourth down stop on the goal mm-hmm. line in the first half that really set a tone. Uh, Again, they took away big plays in the second half. Um, You know, in the second half, UTEP passing game was 8 of 22 for 87 yards total. You know, so they just weren't able to do anything in the second half. Uh, The offense started scoring points, and then that made it to where UTEP had to kind of, you know, speed things up and and pass the ball even more and more. And so just, you know, Phil Bennett's one of my favorite defensive coordinators in the state. When he came to Denton, he completely changed that unit. 
Um, they're one of the best defensive units in this conference. And, and that's why mm-hmm. I say, you know, when you add that running game combined with that defense, if Austin Ani can be what he was last night, North Texas is a much, much better football team than we thought going into the season. And I think if there's anything to frown upon with that defense last night, and of course a little bit is because it was week zero of the season. It's just that discipline. I mean, there was one drive where there were three, it, it was it, was it a personal foul penalties right in a row. And I mean, of course that has a lot to say just to, to it being week zero and guys, new guys being on the field and stuff like that. But that, that, I mean, that's free yardage for the minors, you know, and, and luckily that drive for North Texas only ended on a field goal for UTEP, but it could have gotten a lot worse if, uh, if they weren't able to hold them off. Let's go ahead and talk about UTEP just a little bit, since they are also a Texas team that we cover. Uh, they seem to have things figured out offensively in the first half. I think Gavin Hardison looked really good throwing for 206 yards, one touchdown in the first half, but man, that second half was, they were running the struggle bus offensively. Yeah, I mean, not having Jacob Cowing, not having Justin Garrett, mm-hmm. it, it was a big loss at wide receiver, but they had two wide receivers that caught for over 100 yards. So, you know, they were able to find plays, just not in the second half. It just got bad in the second half. And you know, that completion percentage is, is concerning. He, he finished the game with 44% uh, completion rate. He was around 63%, I believe. Uh, last year when he was playing well right so you got to get that up there has to be they just couldn't make any easy throws it felt like it was a 40 yard pass down the field that somebody had to make a highlight real catch for or yep. an pass you know there wasn't much in, in between and so if you're not going to have a dominant run game which UTEP just doesn't their offensive line isn't good enough right mm-hmm. the line isn't North Texas they're experienced but they're just not the same size like when we were on the field before the game you know one team was bigger than the other like one yep. team you know, had more size than the other. And it showed up like there's weight classes in boxing, right? Like Joey McGuire, one of our favorite guys, he always says big guys beat up on little guys. Right. And I've been out to UTEP for two games in the last, you know, 10 months. One was against UTSA and one was against North Texas. And the same thing happened to that UTEP offense and the UTEP defense in both games. They just lost the trenches. Both Mm -hmm. of them, UTSA and North Texas were better in the trenches against those teams uh, until they can kind of catch up there. They're just not going to be able to, to stick with those physical run-oriented offenses. Right, and that kind of translates down to high school a little bit too because you and I, we'll talk about a little bit more about this later, but we were at a high school game on Friday night. And yeah, I mean, even compared to, to guys you see in DFW, to guys you see in Houston, those offensive linemen, I mean, they're just smaller out here, you know? Well, that's what's... And we were watching a 6A versus 5A game. Right. And you could tell like the, the skill position guys weren't all that different. Mm-hmm. The offensive linemen and the defensive linemen were much different. You know, like uh, Ken Canatillo would have three or four of those guys. Pebble Hills would have six or seven. And, right. And it's the same. I think we saw the difference between an American program and a Conference USA program. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, UTEP has a couple guys. They got a couple good offensive linemen. They got a couple good defensive linemen. But North Texas has two or three more at both positions, and that adds up over a six, sixty-minute football game. This was fourteen to thirteen in halftime. Mm-hmm. And then the size. And the depth of North Texas really won out. UTEP got tired. They were missing Breon Hayward, a couple other guys defensively. They just weren't able to rotate. North Texas just keeps pounding and pounding and pounding that football. And UTEP eventually broke, you know, and and that's what you want uh, for North Texas. And and that's a concerning thing for UTEP. There was a sold-out Sun Bowl, all the momentum in the world. You won seven games last year. The city wants to get behind you. 
and really support this team. And then you lose 31 to 13. And, and I'm not one that likes to take too much from one game or be like, oh, this one game so big to the program. But it is, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what attendance is for UTEP moving forward after this game, because they had a real chance to capture this city and build momentum. And instead, you know, they, they got outscored 17 to nothing in the second half. We'll see what that means in a couple of weeks when they're back home against New Mexico State, if they can fill that Sun Bowl back up, or if this kind of serves as a reset and they kind of have to start back at square one and rebuild all that momentum all over again. Right, and Myers fans, I don't have great news for you. Next week, you're traveling to Norman, Oklahoma, to take on Brent Venable's squad and his Sooners. And, of course, we don't really know what this Sooner squad is going to look like with Brent Venables and, and Gabriel, what's his last name? Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. We don't really know much about them, but we do know that they're typically a top 10 program uh, year in and year out, so may not be some good news heading into that game next week. And of course, if they lose that game next week, they're 0-2 to start the season. They're coming back to the Sun Bowl to play New Mexico State um, that next week. And you don't know, I mean, that momentum just might be gone. And, you know, that might be their season, you know, because it's you're, you're starting off this season kind of with a bad taste in your mouth. You're being left out of you know, being invited to the American conference, you're having to stay back in this carcass of a conference USA. I mean, what, what can you expect from this season? You know, if they're going 0-2 to start it off, I mean, what, what comes of this season? Yeah, I mean, I think for them, you're, you're trying to beat New Mexico State, you're trying to beat New Mexico, then you're 2-2 two and two, kind of going into the teeth of conference play. Uh, you know, you got a Boise State game as well that you're probably going to lose. Mm -hmm. you know, so it really, it really comes down to just trying to get to that six-win marker. You know, you're just trying to reach a bowl game. Uh, that would be a huge milestone for this program. They've only done that once this century, you know, twice as a, as a program and uh, or three times as a program in general. So, you know, making that six-win marker, I think, is still the carrot out there for, for UTEP. But the reality is, is that game last night cost them millions of dollars. Yep. And they're not a program that can lose millions of dollars, right? And so we'll have to see kind of what the long-term ramifications are for this game, because if they were a program that started drawing 30, 35, 40,000 people on a routine basis, all of a sudden that's more money in the program that really starts to add benefits a couple of years down the road without that, you know, again, they're kind of back to square one and have to start all over again, kind of building that cachet within the city. Right. And if you're, in, if you're UNT, you're coming out of this game, High and mighty. I mean, you're you're going in. You're you're one and zero in conference play. One and zero, of course, on this season. And you're going home next week to play one of your almost conference rivals, SMU. And and just like OU, we don't really know much about this SMU squad. Um, they bring in a ton of transfers. Um, of course, new head coach Rhett Lashley. We'll see what he's capable of as as coaching the the, the SMU Mustang. So, but if you're UNT, I mean, you're going into this game with a lot of momentum. Yeah, a lot of momentum and a lot of hope, a lot of self-belief, mm -hmm. right? You know, like this is a future conference mate you're playing against an SMU. You want to see how you measure up. Um, so I think a lot like UTEP this week where it was kind of a show-me game, let's see where you really are. This is a benchmarker game. We're about to find out if you have turned, a program, turned the corner as a program or not. We found out that UTEP hasn't. Uh, next week is the same for North Texas. If they go and they lose 31-13 to 13 to SMU, it's like, well, Okay, they beat UTEP. They're supposed to. That's a Conference USA team. Let's see how they do the rest of the year. If they hang with SMU and make that a really good game or somehow win that game, all of a sudden it's like, wow, okay, something's happening in North Texas. Mm -hmm. right? so, uh, perception can change so quickly in college football. 
And this is just another example, right? We're down on North Texas going into the year. We're high on UTEP. You know, one day later, we're talking about North Texas having a chance to beat SMU. And is is this, is 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 UTEP going to get to six wins, right? So mm-hmm. it all is on a dime, especially early on the year. I don't want to overreact too much to this week zero game. I'd like to see North Texas play SMU before we kind of decide if North Texas is really taking a step forward, if Austin Ani is really a guy we can count on. Because, again, like we talked about earlier, he always plays good against UTEP. So this, right. maybe this is just a UTEP thing. Let's wait and see, you know, the rest of it before we start anointing North Texas as an eight-win, nine-win team. Again, North Texas beats UTEP at the Sun Bowl 31-13. to And before we move on, we had the pleasure of catching up with North Texas quarterback Austin Ani and linebacker Katie Davis after last night's win over UTEP. Here's our conversation with both of those players. Here with North Texas quarterback Asnani after a big win over UTEP, 31 to 13. What's it? What's it about UTEP and that defense that you like playing against? Nine touchdowns, no interceptions in, in your career so far. Uh, I think that's just you know having coaches having a good game plan um, and then going out there and executing. Um, so that's you know 11 guys for us on offense doing their job, and uh, I think we comp- uh, did a pretty good job executing the game plan today. But I feel like we left some some plays out there, so uh, we'll, you know we'll go back and watch the film and and uh, clean up our mistakes. As a quarterback specifically, like in the first game, how long does it take to kind of like shake off the practice stuff and kind of get used to the game speed again? Yeah, obviously you know not getting hit. Um, that's 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 probably the biggest thing. But once you get hit and get kind of get in the rhythm, um, you just kind of get into a flow state. And, um, you know, you get some completions and, you know, everything kind of starts to roll smoothly. So I feel like I kind of got that early in the game today. Uh, so that was that was a big thing for me. You know, you go through a quarterback battle, you know, through spring and through fall. Some new guys come in. Uh, what was it like to get that job again? And kind of was there pressure? Kind of how do you feel about that going into the season? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we're, we're battling for our job each and every day. So, you know, going through the spring, summer, and fall camp, um, you know, I battled out with some great quarterbacks. And, um, you know, really just you just got to execute the game plan to the best of your abilities. Can't look over your back. Um, just take it one play at a time. You know, execute each play and then, um, and then win. You know, offensive line running game, really good at North Texas, obviously, last year. Again today, how much does that help you as a quarterback to have that balance? That's awesome. Having a running game is huge for an offense. You know, they're they're going to load the box and play one-on-one with us on the outside. So, you know, we got to take advantage of the shots, and I think we did a pretty good job of that tonight. But our run game is very strong for us, and we got great running backs and great offensive line. They did a great job tonight. Yeah, you play against that Phil Bennett defense all the time. You know, they didn't give up a single point in the second half. What yeah. makes them so tough as a unit? Man, the, the kind of different looks they give you, the pressures they give you, you know, it feels it, Coach Bennett is, is a great coach, um, you know, different, giving you different looks, pressure looks. And uh, it was fun going against them all camp, um, but it's definitely fun to not see his defense anymore uh, and going <laughs> and hitting heads with somebody else. So uh, it was great to, great to get out and play UTEP. You know, week zero, it's a conference game. You get a win. How much yeah. does that help the program in terms of momentum and just kind of getting it into the 2022 season? Yeah, starting off the year with a conference, conference play is huge for us. So starting one to know it was big. Um, you know, our thing is, you know, going one to know each week, no matter if it's conference or non-conference, but being conference a little bit uh, more on the line, starting off the year on the right foot. Uh, so I think we did a great job tonight going one to know. And so we'll celebrate this one, uh, get back uh, on at Denton tomorrow, celebrate, and then, and then on to SMU. All right, man. Congratulations. Be safe on the travels. Appreciate it. Here with Katie Davis, linebacker, North Texas. Big win over UTEP in El Paso, 31-13. to How good does it feel to kind of get that first one out of the way, kind of see the guys, you know, on the field against other people for the first time? 
Oh yeah, it's always a great feeling, you know, coming out and getting a, getting the first win. Um, just let just let um, everybody else on the schedule know how you coming. Um, it, it's a great feeling, you know, just doing what we're supposed to do and come out and putting it on the field. It, it means a lot. It's a, it's a great feeling. You know, not all the time do you start a season with a conference game. How much did that help in preparation, kind of lock in and focus for the season? Oh, yeah, it, it was crucial. We had to lock in. We, could, we couldn't take no days off. We couldn't have no setbacks. It's a conference game, so we, we want to set the tone for the rest of the conference and just uh, show, show what we can do. Y'all you know, were pretty physical, out-physicaled them. Like, how important was that coming in here, big crowd, kind of you know, shutting them down offensively? Oh, yeah, it, it was, like I said, it was crucial. You know, UTEP, they, they pride themselves on being very physical, and, and that's what their head coach pride themselves on. So, you know, it, it was good to come out and, and, and handle business. You know, for a first game, like how many series, how many plays does it take to be like, oh, okay, this is football again? Uh, no lie, like we was at dinner and, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was talking to some of the linebackers, I couldn't believe it. But when I got on the field, when I heard that whistle blow, man, it, it, it was a great feeling and, and, I, and I was ready to go. And then as a defensive guy, how nice is it to watch the offense, see them score points and just play complimentary football? Oh yeah, uh, everything ain't always perfect. You know, uh, we'll give up a play, offensive go, they'll score a touchdown, they'll uh, make a mistake and we'll go out there and we'll shut them down. So it's, it's always good to feed off each other. All right, man, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks again to North Texas quarterback Austin Ani and linebacker Katie Davis for talking to us after that big win over UTEP last night. Well, college is not the only thing that we cover here. We also cover high school football, and we made it out to a high school football game on Friday night. We got to see the Canateo Eagles host the El Paso Pebble Hills Spartans. And man, this game, going into this game, I had a completely different expectation for how this game was going to go. I'll just read you guys the final score. It was El Paso Pebble Hills 23, Canateo 0. Now there's a little bit of mix match in classifications here. Pebble Hills is, of course, 6A and Canateo 5A, which says a lot about the size and the depth about each program, but Canateo, I think overall had the best player on the field in athlete LJ Martin. And the craziest thing is that he showed a lot of versatility last night. He lined the earliest Friday night. He lined up at running back quarterback, wide receiver and punter. Like this guy, this guy is clear that he's an athlete. You know, he can, he's committed to Stanford. He's really smart. He's really fast, but this Pebble Hills front seven just completely shut him down. And in high school, it's really hard to get those specific stats, but I would say that he probably had under 50 rushing yards last night. And I'm sure he is not used to that. Yeah. I mean, he had 16 on his first carry and I don't think he had another carry that was over five yards, probably. No. you know, like he had a tough time and it, and it, it did kind of look like he messed up his leg a little bit on an early mm -hmm. carry tackled in a weird way and, and you could see him kind of nurse that and, and pay attention to it throughout the game so I doubt he was 100% healthy as that went along but he just could never take enough steps to get momentum right down his right he looks like a running back that once he gets north south he's hard to bring down he's a big dude he's a strong dude especially for out here you know he looked like one of the bigger guys on the field offensive line defensive line running back whatever he, he was one of the bigger more put together guys so he just couldn't get north to south you know credit to pebble hills they shot gaps they really made it to where he had to avoid tackles in the backfield mm -hmm. he couldn't have momentum and then gang tackle them right and so uh, we talk about it on republic football all the time 
you know, a great running back's awesome, but you got to yep. have an offensive line to go along with it. If you can dominate in the trenches, you know, you can have Barry Sanders back there. Maybe Barry Sanders is the wrong example, but you can have most running backs back there. And it doesn't really matter if, if you can't block for them. I was supremely impressed with Pebble Hills uh, in both trenches. Uh, we mm-hmm. were able to do uh, throughout the year. Cause I mean, I would imagine, you know, they're pretty clear in a way the best team in El Paso after, after Friday night, they were, they were impressive. That was a good team. I think so too. And I, one of the standouts that, that, that I saw on that Pebble Hills front seven was linebacker Bobby deal. Um, we actually talked about the El Paso region on Thursday's episode of women talking football. And he was one of the players. What? Plug. Hey, I, I got to throw it in there whenever I can. <laughs> I got to throw it in there. Um, <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we got to talk about Bobby Dale. And I knew, like, I knew this was going to be a really interesting matchup for him and LJ Martin. Because we also talked about LJ Martin, of course, too. So I knew that this was going to be really interesting, these two go at it. And there were a couple times where... Yeah, like uh, Bobby Dale would get, Dale would get in the would get in the backfield and, and cause L.J. Martin to lose his footing or whatever, and, and he looked fantastic. But when you look at Pebble Hills' um, next couple of games, they've got Delval, uh, Eastwood, El Dorado, Coronado, El Paso Americas, and when you go down the list, I mean, it looks like that they could potentially go undefeated this year. I mean, if they can beat a, a really good Canateo team, Canateo is ranked number 21, I think in our DCTF poll. Um, of course, now it's probably going to change since their loss on Friday, but it looks like this team could go undefeated and they'd have to, you know, of course that first round would be a little difficult because they got to travel kind of far to, to play um, a more closer to DFW team, but it looks like that they could have a really, really good season if they, if they keep up what they did on Friday night. So there you go. There is our high school recap of the week. We're going to go to another high school game next week. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Most importantly, probably, is we want to talk about some of the food that we ate on our El Paso trip. I think, honestly, this is probably the most important part of the whole entire trip. I mean, we're out in El Paso. We're getting some good, authentic Mexican food. Let's start off with Friday morning. You had breakfast. You got here before I did. I, I landed about probably 1130. You landed about eight from Austin. Where'd you eat for breakfast? Yeah. So I, I usually, if I get here early, I'm going to Lucy's, you know, it's a mm-hmm. coffee, shop, um, coffee shop. It's just one of those old school diners. It's like underneath a broken down hotel, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just got one, one line of, of rows. You just sit up at the diner, you know, or whatever you put yeah. your order in. They make it right in front of you. It's not healthy. It's greasy. It'll hurt your stomach, but it's delicious. Um, and- It'll hurt your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> that, Checks was, out. that was my first stop. You know, we, we kind of joke about this, but, you know, football season is where you gain 10 or 15 pounds. Oh, yeah. It's like being a freshman in college. You're just you're going to gain the, the football 15 because you're uh-huh. just on the road so much. You're eating poorly. Uh, you're not getting out of games until midnight and, like, what's open that's healthy for you at midnight? Nothing. Uh, but it's – nice to come to a place like El Paso where there's like a legit culinary scene. Like you, you can't find this stuff in most other parts of Texas. This isn't Tex-Mex. This is Mexican food, you know? And so like, um, yeah, it's, it's really good. We had Taco Neta for lunch. That's kind of a new place uh, that Adrian Brodus uh, from, or brought us from the ESPN uh, El Paso uh, 
told us about. Yeah. Uh, and I think the star of the show, and we we get your thoughts on it since you're uh, you're an El Paso, you know, first timer here. Mm-hmm. L and J Cafe. I know it can be a little bit touristy, trappy. You know, I know that's like where everybody gets sent and stuff. But it's just such a staple. It's such an, a cool part mm-hmm. of town. It's a cool building in this random little neighborhood next to this old school uh, cemetery. Kind of what were your thoughts on L&J compared to like, you know, Mexican food back in DFW? Man, if you guys know me, I'm a DFW native. I grew up in Arlington, lived there my whole life. So the quality of Mexican food there is it's subpar, to say the least. Uh, there's no, it's Tex-Mex. It's not good Tex-Mex. So being out here... It was some good, good Mexican food. I got the sampler plate at l So I got a little bit of everything. I had like some tacos. I had a quesadilla. Um, man, I can't even remember what else was on that plate. But there was, it, there was so much on that plate. I couldn't even finish it all. I had to bring it back so I could eat some of it last night. But man, that was some of the best Mexican food I think I've had. And I would definitely recommend that place to literally anybody else that to come here you know it was it was really good yeah i mean we walked in and the the north texas ag's there you know you know all that kind of stuff there so it was a it was a hopping place and i just think el paso is just an underrated unique city in texas that doesn't get talked about enough like when we talk about places in texas it just is never on the list and it's such an awesome place like we drove an hour and a half to white sands national park you know yesterday morning you know like there's mountains, there's, you know, just all sorts of cool stuff here. Uh, the city's really safe, like the crime rate's like 1.53 times lower than it, than it is in the rest of the state and the rest of the country. Um, so it's just one of those places that I know it's hard to get to because it's like El Paso, but if you ever get a chance to get out here or drive through it or whatever, it's a tremendous place with great people, not a lot of traffic, the food's excellent. Um, and there's a decent amount of stuff to do. So I, I always enjoy our trips out here. Uh, I'm glad we were able. I'm glad somebody else was able to come out here with me. And yeah. Usually I'm on these things alone and it kind of gets a little a little weird and hermity. So it, yeah. was nice. it was nice to have a road dog. I think the, the White Sands National Park was really cool. And it's weird. So we we left about like eight yesterday morning thinking like, oh, yeah, we're going to spend like three hours there. We're going to go on like hikes and stuff like through the little dunes and whatnot. And then you get there and it's like you see it. There's sand. And then there's more sand. And then you look to your other left and there's more sand. So it's like, why do you want to take a five mile hike through sand, basically? So (laughs) in August, it was so hot out there already. But I mean, it wasn't as hot as like DFW, but it's still like that sun beating down. There's no shade either. So you're you're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. There's no shade in El Paso. No shade at White Sands National Park. Uh, Yeah. you know, you just kind of think there's going to be water, you know, like every time you see yeah. it, like, like, oh, we're on a beach, there's water. Uh, and there was not, you know, that no. was the first time I was legit in like a desert, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, like you're in like the Sahara desert or something walking around like in a movie set or something. So yeah, it was pretty cool. I think we did a, did a great job on this trip. Got a lot of content, mm-hmm. ate a lot of good food, uh, but it's time to go back home. I know. Uh, and before we get going here, we did do a really cool thing. We got to be a guest on 600 ESPN El Paso. Adrian Broadus was able to bring us on and we got to talk with, I'm going to butcher his last name, Steve. Let's call him Steve K. Steve K. I'm, I knew I was going to butcher that. I'm an awful, I'm awful at names anyway. And I was like, I saw that. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to say it. But yeah, 
big, big thank you to both of them for bringing us on. We got to talk a little bit about what we do here at Dave Campbell's Texas football, why we're in El Paso. We got to preview the UNT and UTEP game a little bit. So I believe you can still go back and listen to that if you if you ever so desire. If you if you just have that craving to hear us on ESPN El Paso radio, I believe you can still go back and listen to that. But yeah, big, big thank you for them to them for, for having us on. Before it that threw me off because I thought we were going to just talk about UTEP North Texas and they wanted to talk yeah. about us and stuff. And so I, I like stumbled over everything because I was just that I was ready to break down the game. But in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't because I would have been wrong. You know, I know. Right. It was probably it's probably good that they saved me from that. Yeah, he's like he, he like opens up he's like so how are you uh you've only you've been out of college for one year i'm like oh so we're talking about ourselves now okay i think i can do this Let, let's let's give this a try but yeah it was it was a lot of fun big thank you to them for inviting us to see their studio and hang out with them for a bit well guys there you go there's our first sunday recap edition of the 2022 season from el paso again i know it's pretty short but we didn't have that much content. We only had one college, one high school game that we went to. Next week, it'll be a lot longer when we really get into the nitty gritty of college football season. But man, I'm exhausted. I'm ready to go back to DFW. <laughs> yeah, I got to fly to Austin and then drive to DFW. Yeah. Know, but yeah, it's uh, it's here, man. Like we made it's it. Here. Yeah. So it it's, uh, week zero was a nice little appetizer with the one game at the FBS level across the state. And the next, next week, we got... I think 11 because SMU and North Texas play. Well, I guess 10 yeah. UTSA and Houston also play each other. Right. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a full slate, a lot of good games. We'll be in San Antonio for the Houston UTSA game. We're going to go to Converse Jetson versus Westlake the night before. Yes. So uh, we're off and running, man. Follow us, you know, everywhere. We're doing TikToks. We're doing Instagrams. We're doing Twitters. We're doing these shows, writing stuff. Like we're, we're covering all the bases to see what sticks. Yeah, it's funny. We were staying on the sidelines last night right before kickoff. And right when North Texas did kick off, you turn to me and you go, here we go. It's here. No, no more off season. This is, this is what we're here for. This is it. Well, thank you so much to Canateo High School, UTEP, uh, Austin Ani, and uh, Katie Davis for making this weekend really special for us. Um, for Mike Craven, I'm Mallory Hartley. And of course, we've had 11 of the 12 FBS head coaches join us on the Republic of Football. Jimbo Fisher, give us a call. We'll see you Wednesday for our week one preview of the Republic of Football.